From the very beginning, we find the concepts of his omnipresence. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, you can't get much earlier than that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. John talked about it like this in John, the first chapter, in the first verse. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God, and the Word was, excuse me, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The omnipresence of God. It's defined, that word omnipresence is defined, it's a compound word. It's two words, omni, meaning all, and presence, meaning present. God is present everywhere. At all times, with no exceptions, there's no place you can be that God is not also there. He is always everywhere in all places and at all times. He's omnipresent. The Bible upholds us. The Bible teaches us that. Jeremiah 23, 24, uh, the prophet said, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Daniel wrote about this very thing in a Psalm, Psalm number 139, beginning with verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. He's everywhere. No place you can go and get away from the presence of the Lord. First Kings 8, Solomon recognized this when he was dedicating the temple. Verse 27, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house that I have built. Paul addressed it in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 8, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of whom we must give account. And one more, the wise man in the Proverbs 15.3 said, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. As you live your life, as you go about your day, you must understand he's there. He fills all space. He fills all time. He sees every aspect of your life. He knows what is going on, even in the times when you think that you're all alone. He knows your thoughts. He hears your plans. He sees you at all times. There is never a moment 
that his presence is not there. It's like the air. It's like the air that you breathe. It's there. It has been said that perhaps the worst thing about hell or the lake of fire, the place of eternal torment and punishment for the wicked and for those that don't know God, the worst thing it's been said is that it will be a place devoid of the presence of God and that will make it unbearable and there is scripture to, to support that perhaps. But you see, it is in this dimension of the omnipresence of God that most all the people that inhabit the planet live. In this dimension of his omnipresence is also where almost everyone who's ever inhabited this earth lived and operated. They have dwelled there. They lived there. That's where they have their being. They live their lives for good, for bad, dwelling in the omnipresence of God. Jesus even alluded to this concept in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45 when he said, He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. Everyone experiences God in some way or another. He is everywhere, and no one lives outside of his presence. And most everybody that's ever lived and most everybody that lives today live in that omnipresence of God. But I submit to you today that there is a deeper dimension in the presence of God. And that's what I want to focus on for the rest of this message. Now, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the days of creation again. We read in creation about the presence of God upon the deep and upon everything that he created. And after the seven days of creation, there were two people that lived on the earth. And they lived in this created earth and the scripture calls them Adam and Eve. And they lived in the presence of God. They lived in the presence of God just as men and women and children do today. They lived and they breathed with the God's presence all around them. But their, their opportunity to experience God was deeper than just living in his omnipresence. The third chapter of Genesis, it becomes clear that Adam and Eve enjoyed special moments with the Lord. The voice of the Lord or the sound of the Lord would meet with them and walk with them. There was this dimension of his presence that was available to them that it appears they enjoyed that dimension on a daily basis. Notice Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 8. And when they heard the sound of the Lord, King James Version says, the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It is 
obviously apparent that this was not unusual. This was not something that had never happened before. Perhaps it was a daily thing. Perhaps it was a, a time when they had the opportunity not just to exist and not just to live in the omnipresence of God, but to have a special visitation of his presence. Notice the last part of that verse in Genesis 3.8 says, The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Hid themselves from the presence of God. Impossible. We've already discovered and shown that you cannot hide from the presence of God. You cannot hide from his omnipresence. But what was happening right then was a different dimension of his presence. This is what I call the manifest presence of God. That's what I've come to talk to you about today, the manifest presence of God. Obviously, they could hide from the manifest presence of God because in verse number 9, the Lord God called to the man and he said unto him, Where are you? We've moved from the omnipresence into the manifest presence of God. God came to commune and to fellowship with Adam and Eve, and they didn't show up. They hid themselves from the manifest presence of God. Now, let's, let's go back to the other beginning that I talked about last week. If you don't know what that means, you'll have to go back and listen to last week's message. But Acts chapter 2 the beginning of the church. The verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared unto them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice with me back there in verse 2 that we just read. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house. And it filled the entire house. Yes, his omnipresence was already there. He was, he's, all, he's there because he's in all space, at all time, every place. But something special is happening. There's a manifestation of his presence getting ready to happen. The sound of a rushing mighty wind came into the room. Cloven tongues or divided tongues of fire. Baptism of the Holy Ghost came and the people spoke in tongues. It filled the house. The presence of God, the manifest presence of God filled the house where they were sitting. Do you know why we do all that we do around here to prepare for Sunday morning. Now, we're not just about Sunday service here at Crossroads. There's a, there's a, we have Wednesday, and there's a lot of there's worship and a lot of classes and teaching that goes on on Wednesday. There's a weekly connect meeting that takes place. There are community groups that, that's taking, that's, uh, that takes place, and we're getting ready to move back into those. 
There are outreaches that take place. We have young adults that meet. We have student ministry that meets. We have kids' activities. There's a lot that goes on. You heard Justin standing up here talking about all the things that's, uh, that's going on this week. And uh, you look at the newsletter, it, it's full of, of lots of things. But a lot goes into a Sunday morning service. We spent a lot of money on decor. We've spent a lot of money on lights. We've spent a lot of money on sound. We've spent, a lot of, we've spent a lot of money on media. Everybody's always wanting more, too. We've always got new ideas. If we got this and if we got that, we could do this and we could do that. And uh, Days and weeks before the Sunday occurs... Days and weeks before August the 7th, schedules were put together, plans were put in place, discussions were had. And then people started showing up here around 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, started getting ready for this service. Why do we do all that? Why don't we just all show up about 10, 15, walk in here and turn on the lights and just have church? Why do, we, why do we go to all the effort? Why do we spend all the money? I'll tell you why. We do it for that moment when his manifest presence moves into the sanctuary. And I feel that presence right now in a very powerful way. His anointing just moved I don't know if you felt it, but just as I spoke those words, his anointing shifted. His presence moved. When that happens, you can sense it. You can feel it. When we come together, worship begins to flow. The power of God begins to move. And he goes through a group of people meeting, and he convicts hearts, and he encourages hearts, and he moves in another heart, and, and, he, and he speaks to somebody else, and he does it all at the same time and deals with everybody. You see, this is why we have a high expectation or a standard in our planning and in our preparation. Just any old thing won't do. We're going to do it right because we are getting ready for the manifest presence of the Almighty God to move in this sanctuary. You see, even, even after we plan it all, even after we do everything, even after we put all of our efforts together. Even after we spend the time, nothing works. Nothing matters. Nothing is enough. I see our screen went down and this was supposed to be on the screen, but that's all right. I'll say it again. Nothing works. Nothing matters. Nothing is enough unless we have his manifest presence in the house. Let me read it again in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Are, is the, are the side screens still working? They're not working. Everything's down. All right. Well, that, that's, this is, that, that's, they're just as frustrated as I am. You know, you know they, they, this, don't, don't blame them. It's just, it's just technology. You see, Linda's, Linda's uh, computer froze up today. I want to show you something. 
This never freezes up. Never freezes up. All I got to do is turn the page and continue to read. <laughs> oh, I was just waiting for that moment. Thank you, media. For, now you can turn it back on. <laughs> oh. I see I've lost my clock, so we're just, we're just in for the ride now. Forget the parade, right? <laughs> Uh, verse 2 of chapter 2 of Acts, we already read it, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. It's not enough just to know that God is everywhere and in all space and in all time, but you and I must experience his manifold presence. The song we sing says, it's not enough. I'm not enough unless you come. It's not enough unless you're here. We must have you. We must experience you. And the next slide that I was going to bring to you is it's not enough just to live in his omnipresence. You must regularly experience his manifold presence. You must be in his manifold presence. You must find that place where you have that visitation with God. Now, real quickly, down through the years, there are many people that have moved away from and moved toward that manifest presence of God. After Cain had slain Abel, the Bible says in Genesis 4, 16, that Cain went away from the presence of God. How did he go away from the presence? He was going away from the manifest presence. He didn't get away from the omnipresence of God. He was running from the Manifest presence. He was running for the God speaking to him and God ministering in his life. When Moses, uh, on the backside of a desert after deserting uh, Egypt and, and uh, just going to make it his own life, God finally, found, uh, finally came and spoke to him again. He saw the burning bush and the voice of the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. And what did the Lord say? Take off your shoes. The place you stand is holy ground. Why is it holy? Because the manifest presence of God showed up on the backside of that desert. God was already there, but his manifest presence showed up in the burning bush. Samuel grew, the Bible says, in the manifest presence of the Lord. 1 Samuel 2.21, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. When Jonah was called on by God to, to preach to Nineveh, he fled. And the Bible says he arose to flee to Tar, uh, uh, Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He was fleeing the manifest presence of God. When Moses went to receive the law on the mountain, in, uh, he was there 40 days and 40 nights. The glory of God descended upon the mountain. And the 24th chapter of Exodus says that, it, that uh, the manifest presence or the glory of the Lord, it says, and the, which is the manifest presence of God, was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people Israel. When Moses and the people finished building the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, they, uh, they had finished the work, and the Bible says the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It was the manifest presence of the Lord. When Solomon had finished building the temple in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, at the close of his prayer, the fire came from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, the manifest uh, the presence of God showed up. It's clear the manifest presence of the Lord was seen over 
and over again in the lives of people. But how is it? How is it that we can look at Genesis and we can look at 1 Samuel and we can look at 1 uh, uh, Chronicles and 1 Kings and we can, we, can, we can see all these demonstrations in the book of Exodus. We see these demonstrations and these manifestations of God's presence. And yet we live our lives thinking that, well, that doesn't happen today. I submit to you it does happen. I submit to you that when God shows up, the atmosphere in the room, wherever you may be, changes. Amen. Amen. I felt this, I told you earlier, I wasn't just kidding you, I felt his presence move in him right in a special way, right as I was making a point. You can see the presence of God as it moves on people. You can see the countenance of people change as the manifest presence of God moves in around them. One of the most fundamental habits that you will ever develop as a Christian is to be in church, to be here when we gather together. You can't replace moments of his manifest presence among his people. I love our live streaming. I'm glad we've got it. It serves a great purpose. But you cannot, you cannot enjoy and feel the manifest presence of God through the internet as he moves in the presence of his people in the church building. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered, in my name, there am I in the midst of them. His manifest presence is what he's talking about. He's not talking about his omnipresence, he's talking about his manifest presence. When two or three get together and say, hey, look, we're going to get together and we're going to call the name of Jesus and we're going to agree together and we're going to pray and we're going to worship God, you see, something happens in the spirit world. Something begins to move because Jesus says, when you do that, when you get together in my name, I'm coming to your, to your side. I'm coming to your get-together. When uh, uh, the apostle Peter preached at the temple when the lame man was healed, notice what he said in Acts 3.19, Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, when people get together and worship God and repent and call on God and call on His name, something happens. The manifest presence of God moves in among His people. Look what happened in Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. When they had prayed... The place in which they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that they were just overwhelmed by his power. No, the place was literally shaken. The place was literally shaken when they gathered together because the manifest presence of God had showed up. We're seeing the manifest presence of God at work in our church. We're seeing it happen. 
let me, let, me just go, let me just go back a week and a half. A week and a half ago, on a Wednesday night, Rebecca came and said, hey, pray for me. i got to have a temporary job. She had no job on the horizon. She had no idea. She just knew that she needed, uh, she's finishing her education. She's got some student teaching to do. She's got to, she's, so she had to figure out a way to make some income while she's getting through this period where, where she, uh, you know, she's student teaching and, and not going to be able to get paid and all of that. And we prayed a week ago Wednesday. She came back Wednesday night and said, hey, don't worry about it. God answered my prayer. Not only did he, he give me a job, he gave me a job that has a career to it. He gave me a job in my field of study, and I, oh, I might get paid for my student teaching. We don't know about that for sure, but nobody's supposed to get paid for their student teaching, but a school corporation really needed a teacher. We prayed on Wednesday, the following Wednesday, God not only, he didn't give her just a temporary job, he gave her a permanent job, he gave her a position, he gave her a start of a career even before she had finished her education uh, processes to start the career. They said, we'll work with that, we'll make it happen. The August presence of God, the, the manifest presence of God right here in our midst. Susan Munson was healed a few weeks ago. We talked about that. Olivia, she received a, she received a job that, that She's in the nursery today. Thank God for our nursery workers. I appreciate our nursery workers. They miss a lot of church and a lot of services. Let's give all of our nursery workers a hand. We had four baptized in Jesus' name just a couple of weeks ago. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is getting ready to fall. The Holy Ghost is getting ready to be turned, uh, poured out. Last night, Rob called me, uh, and, and I didn't see him today, but uh, uh, Rob Schaefer called me, and he said that his sister was, uh, ju had just been taken to the hospital by ambulance, and they believed that she'd had a heart attack, and so uh, he was all concerned, and I said, Rob, let's pray right now on the phone, and we prayed, and we asked God to turn the situation around. A couple hours later, he texted me, and he said, his sister was at home and resting and all was well. Don't tell me there's something that God can't do. Don't tell me the manifold presence of God, the manifest presence of God is not showing up. He's working right now. Stand with me. We have just a few minutes left. We have just a few minutes left. And I want you to just, just start making your way here to the front. Just, if, just come on. We're, gonna do, we're doing things a little different today. Just, just if you will, just walk into the, just come down here and join the presence of the Lord right here. The special, the special manifestation of his presence right here at the front. Whatever you need. Expect to encounter him when you come down that aisle. And when you come here, expect that he's going to be right here when you get to your spot up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His, his presence is here right now. He's revealing himself to people right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Move into his presence. Would you just love him? Would you just encourage him?